0: Welcome back to another installment of picking bones, and it's time to really pick a giant bone—one that gets people a little fired up, a little feisty, a little, uh, little uh, moody about everything going on in the deer hunting world. Because deer hunters, all hunters, really for that matter. But I don't know. I you know once I once heard Grant Woods or Grant Wood—I can't remember if his last name has an S or not. Big-time uh, whitetail land manager out of the Ozarks. Uh, he was on another podcast, uh, Bear Grease podcast, actually. And he said, the only people more hard-headed than farmers are whitetail hunters. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is that is very true, I think. So uh, that's what we're going to dive into tonight. We're going to talk about crossbows. You can see that from uh, the title on this episode. And uh, this is such a huge, uh, like, I don't know issue or debate that I don't think we're going to be able to wrap it up in one episode. Uh, so we're already talking about maybe doing a second and third episode as well. And we want to pull in some more voices other than just Caleb, Alex, and myself. And, uh, partly that's because other than just having an opinion, we are totally unqualified (laughs) because none of us, uh, I don't think any of us own a crossbow, let alone hunt with one. And so, uh, um, we, we're kind of just you know like the old old guys at McDonald's in the mornings you know weekday morning going to McDonald's what do you see a bunch of old guys over there solving the world's problems and uh, that's what we're doing right now we are we are gonna broach the issue we're gonna dive in here we got a bone to pick and it's on crossbows now we're gonna not or we're going to try to not do what most people People do when discussing this topic, which is to firmly plan ourselves on the fence and, uh, you know, straddle both sides. I've been guilty of that before. We've talked about this issue before on this podcast, but uh, part of picking bones is you got to, you got to state where you stand, right? And so uh, Alex is already all fired up. He, uh, he's already, <laughs> there's already been some shots fired, some crossbow bolts <laughs> fired tonight from Alex on this very subject and so alex we're gonna let you start it off buddy what do you think crossbows and whitetail states
1: well first of all i think that we're the most important three people about this topic <laughs> so it doesn't matter what anybody else right. say yeah, yeah, i like that it. yeah we'll, we'll we'll start off there uh yeah in, in all seriousness though so I've, I've watched this i would say increase or escalate over the years so my my personal thought is, I think it's a it's an old guy's game. That's that's my personal thought. Shots fired. I, uh, I think <laughs> shots are fired. It's the geezer uh, bow, according hitting. to Alex. It's, I mean, I I can I can see both perspectives, but I just kind of in I I see it from my lens as it's cheating, and then when you're like at the age of fifty, you start really crossing over into I'm gonna. I'm going to get a crossbow. So, and I and I have data of my own to this, okay? Yeah. I'll yeah. give you my data. My m- my hunting group that I've hunted with for years in Illinois with Illinois leases and the same the whole gamut. About 5 years ago, every single one of them was somewhere in that like 45 to 48 range. And then they mysteriously cross over to 50 to 52. And now every single one's got a crossbow. <laughs> and with that, we have great deer there. Like, you know, you're talking like a, a small box, like 150 inch that you shoot every year. Yeah. But we'd go, you know, 60% success in camp, you know, 50, 55, 60. You know, the last five years, almost every single guy tags out every single year. Hmm. And it's because his distance of shot has increased right. to be double, right? right? Or you shoot one of those Ravens. I mean, you're shooting 70 yards further than what you typically would shoot with a, with a compound bow. So I just, you know, right. whether you're faking your injury or you're using it to, to increase your, your odds of success, I get that game. But I think the statistics of deer management change drastically when you start putting that in an archery season. So I see it in Michigan too. Same deal, right? So we enacted it, I think, in twenty ten or twenty eleven here, in archery season. So, you know, i I think that adds to the gamut of anybody's going to pick up a crossbow to make it easier for them. We already don't have any kind of trophy quality here. Everybody shoots anything that's brown, (laughs) and let alone (laughs) now you're giving them, you know, a a a hot topic here of of giving them a crossbow to whack even more deer. I mean,
2: it's that that especially. Yeah, Michigan has those antler restriction zones.
1: Yeah, not really anymore. I mean, really, we, we okay, do, I but it's, it, yeah, we do. But it's like it's it's been limited, right? Because in between CWD, you can pick up extra antlerless tags now, and then on top of it, oh. like half of the zones now, you can basically shoot a button buck, two does, two button bucks. You know, i just it's wild as far as like how liberal that is, right? Buy mm. another one. My, one of my one of my clients who, love the guy and and we're very close and I hunt with him, quite a bit through throughout the years. He's never shot a crossbow. Guess what age he turned this year? Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> guess guess where he ended up in Arizona for archery season, tag in hand with a crossbow, pulling off the old. My shoulders got arthritis in it with a doctor's note, and need mm-hmm. surgery. It goes back to my point of at 50 years old game <laughs> of the old guy game and i don't think 50 is old but no. it's literally if you go look at regulations states will literally say if you're over the age of 50 you know and you have a handicap that's the crossover of getting a crossbow so i can't fathom after hunting in some of those arid trophy states that my shot selection goes from fifteen to maybe thirty yards, and now goes to yeah. one hundred and twenty yards in the prime rut. And I'm gonna go shoot a trophy class bull. If that was to open up the floodgates mm. in other states to do the same thing, I think it just cracked his trophy quality. So, like, game management would have to change drastically. So, sure, I digress off of my own, uh you know, stand here. But with that, what I would what I would say is the right deal in my opinion now when i turn 50 maybe i'm gonna want a crossbow in hand and that (laughs) way and that's fine but i'm gonna i'm gonna take it as a trad bow or a compound bow and if you want to shoot a crossbow then you can pick that up during a muzzleloader or a rifle season and use that if that's your game or if you do physically have a handicap like i get that right like you had shoulder surgery you you, you're injured um you know, you were in combat, whatever the case is, I, that case is totally legit, but to just be able to just go pick up a crossbow so I could shoot an extra 70 yards. I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Um, what I would say is, is ideal is, is, you know, lining up the seasons and lining up the weapons of being realistic, you know, shot yardage. Right. So like, what doesn't make sense in Michigan, if I was to use it again, is archery season starts in October and that could run into November. Mm. Muzzle loaders shoot 100 to 150 yards on a really good day, right? Now, yes, you can you can buy a new, you know, $1,000 muzzle loader. that can shoot 400 yards from Remington or whatever the case is. But a, a typical muzzle loader, let's say you're safe to say 100 to 150 yards, that's like shooting a slug. Right. that that's where you could partner in a crossbow and say, Hey, you know, you want to shoot something quiet. Um, you know, you want to challenge yourself, whatever the case is that would, that would be my ideal scenario, but our muzzleloader seasons in December, it's not in the rut. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, that's a whole nother ball game of, of how we play that. So again, it's my opinion, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's either cheating or it's the old guy's game. That's, that's my take. Prove right. me wrong. <laughs> I I love the uh, I love I love your ideas there at the I like end. That. I think I could totally get on board
0: with those. Um, what about a reverse antler point restriction? You know, you brought up a good point, One that I was going to talk about actually in mine, where uh, it's you know it's believed that trophy quality, uh, like there's data in a way that supports it in saying that um, there's just a greater uh, number of bucks compared to like antlerless deer uh you know antlered bucks are being killed um more frequently than the other deer uh and it's believed to be tied to the ability to target them easier with a crossbow so maybe you could have a reverse mm-hmm. antler point restriction it's got to be like almost a, a, uh, it's got it's got to be a forky or less
2: <laughs> like well what if or or it'd be like in a um I mean, this is a thought I just am having here, but I'll get to some other ones that kind of, I think Alex and I have come to some of the same conclusions, which is interesting. But um, like in the city, like in the state of Iowa, if you do a city hunt, you have to shoot, I think, two or three does prior to getting a buck tag. And almost like maybe that would be something also like, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. if you're going to have a crossbow, you have to take at least three antlers of the steer, you know, and submit it to the state, you know, register them. And your, your, your antler buck license is locked. Until you harvest that many, man, that's a it, good that's
0: a good spitball like thing there. That. And you could they could even do I mean like totally leverage it and be like uh, you gotta you gotta submit tissue samples for CWD you know whereas now they don't sure. uh, states don't I don't know of any states that require you I mean maybe if you hunt like Michigan
2: a, I don't know if Iowa does or Illinois <clears throat> you'd
1: you only have it in in a area where it had CWD okay sorry okay. not
0: yeah, yeah. So, so like, uh, you states could leverage that and try and get all that additional data or uh, maybe require, like, a jaw to be submitted to the state so they can age it. And, you know, basically g- help oh, nice. gain more data for uh, the state research uh, purpose. So, kind of almost hang that carrot there of you can use a crossbow, but you got to, you know do some homework for us too. You know, that's, that's a good idea, Caleb. I like that kind of provide that little, uh, incentive attached to it. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well,
2: should, I just say that that's my intellectual property. So now the States have to pay <laughs> me to use it. <laughs> yeah. This is
0: officially copyrighted right now. Yeah. It's called the, uh, it's called the, the, uh, Caleb Drake, uh, proposal. Yeah. But I like
1: it. Let's sign that into law. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh
0: um, I'm going to go second here just because usually the host always goes last and I want to switch things up. We're all about doing that here. I'm okay. picking bones. So we're going to have Caleb finish us finish us up tonight, oh but boy. pressure. But, um, uh, I, I, uh, like a lot of what Alex said. Um, I used to, in fact, I, at one point planned to buy a, uh, crossbow, I was going to, either use it in missouri illinois or ohio and uh Mm. i just never did i never i never bought it It was when i was a brand new archery hunter and uh i just wanted a chance to uh, harvest another animal and uh not with not having a ton of archery experience under my belt now i'm not going to say i'm glad that i didn't do that um because I'm not glad that I didn't do that. I guess I'm kind of neutral that I didn't do that. Hey, you said you we know. weren't doing that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like if I had one now, you know, yeah, sure. If I got an archery tag over in Illinois, and if I was having a really long season, like I didn't tag anything in Iowa and and I had a tag to go over there, then maybe I'd consider using it. I don't know. Um, uh, but that being said I'm not going to look at it so much from that standpoint. I'm going to look at it purely from a resident of Iowa standpoint. Here in Iowa, I strongly believe that we have the best. I'm talking out of fifty states. I know not not I know that whitetails aren't found in all fifty states, but they're found in most of them. And I feel that here in Iowa, we are the top of the class for how we manage our our whitetails legally. Uh like the legislation around whitetail hunting here in Iowa is awesome. I'm going to give you a couple points. First of all, as a resident, I get two buck tags every year guaranteed if I want them. Secondly, if I'm a landowner, I can even get a third buck tag here in iowa so it's very very friendly to resident hunters the second point it is very difficult to get a buck tag as a non-resident here in iowa especially during the rut yep. um it, you either got to hunt like late muzzleloader season like if you want to be able to get out here you know every year or every other year you're going to have to suffer for it in the bitter cold and <laughs> and Unless it was uh, this past yeah, year. <laughs> yeah and you get and you get one buck uh maybe and uh if you want to hunt archery during uh the rut which is the only time you can hunt uh or the only weapon you can use during the rut which i think is fantastic yeah. um that which brings me to another point that makes iowa the best is you can't use firearms during the rut um then you're probably going to have to wait, what, Alex, three to four years for most zones, especially the good zones in Iowa.
1: Up to five.
0: Yeah, that's just phenomenal. You know, states like Kansas, not the case. States like Illinois, not the case. States like Ohio, not the case. Same thing with Missouri, same thing with uh, Indiana. You know, all the other trophy whitetail states, much more liberal on letting residents come in. And even a couple of them, Illinois, Missouri, I know for sure, maybe even Indiana, they allow firearms for at least part of the rut time frame uh, in in their states. And so that's another thing. So Iowa protects its resource for its residents, allows its residents to fully enjoy it, and uh, limits it to the non-residents to help maintain a plentiful population, but also maximum trophy uh, quality while allowing those things. And a big, big part of that is even though you are a resident here and you do have plenty of opportunities, you still have to earn it. You can't shoot two bucks unless you have a landowner tag in the same season. So you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't, you know, get two bucks during the rut with your bow. You can't get two bucks during gun season with your gun. That's it's, 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 uh, you know, you gotta earn it. You gotta be out there and earn it. And you can't ever do it with a crossbow except during the late muzzleloader season unless you have one of the handicaps that Alex mentioned earlier, and age I don't believe is a handicap, and if it is, it might be like 65. Um, So if that were to change, if Iowa were to go the way of Indiana or Illinois or Missouri or Ohio, these other trophy whitetail states, and just open up crossbows to everyone, I would not be in favor of it i would I would say that you've already got a really really good system, and any addition to that would be harmful to the end product in my opinion, so I like how things are without crossbows here in Iowa, and I think it should stay that way you know one I like that one piece of of uh of like data or like a good point i wanna i wanna uh read to you guys is that so i was i was doing some research on this topic today and i came across this article on meteor's website by one of my favorite outdoor writers pat durkin and uh he wrote this article titled archers are killing more deer than ever before and he talked about how so he wrote this back in september of 2022 and uh he he, you know just to maybe give everybody an idea of how much or or how like how many states have adopted crossbow use um uh it says this this fall 29 states will allow crossbows throughout their archery seasons okay and uh so that shows you well over half of our states and definitely over half then of course of our whitetail states Um, I'm not sure how many of our states have white tails in them. It's got to be like in the high thirties though. So, so a, you know, a vast majority, but then it talks about specifically the state of Ohio, which is pretty unique. And what it stated about Ohio in this article was that Ohio has 11 million people, very populous state. There's a lot of big, uh, population centers, uh, giant cities in Ohio, and uh the case was made that in with a growing population like this and in a state that doesn't have a ton of public land um it, right. it you know it opens up the door for more urban or suburban deer hunts and Kay, i thought Caleb was going to go this route with it but he he went with a different thing which was also a good idea um the idea is you can't use a gun in those areas. You're not, you know, you're too close to other occupied uh, buildings. And uh, so uh, I thought that was a great point. And so here's my, my idea for using um, crossbows. I agree with Alex that the only people who should be allowed to use them are people who physically have to use them if they're going to be able to go hunting. They have some kind of significant handicap that's legit, not just some sign off Uh, deal, uh, which that's going to be tough, honestly, because doctors don't want to fight and physical therapists don't want to fight over that. You know what I mean? But it would be nice if there was a way to really ensure that, that the people getting that opportunity are the ones that really uh, need it and deserve to be able to use them. And so I'm all for that. But then I would also say maybe during like the uh, muzzleloader seasons, like Alex was saying, uh, you could, uh, you know, interchange. I'd be okay with that. If you wanted to interchange a muzzleloader with a crossbow and especially in suburban areas, Mm -hmm. I think during their gun seasons, they should be allowed to buy a gun tag and hunt in a suburban area with a crossbow. So like, like, uh, uh, you know, maintaining the same, rules we got to have like a minimum of three acres or whatever you got to have permission everywhere all that you know so you don't have trespassing issues and stuff like that or human safety issues but allowing them to still hunt a gun season even though they live you know in a in a urban area so i think that would be one thing that could be added and i thought it was a good point that it was brought up in that article by pat durkin uh, from meat Eater. so that's my standpoint caleb i like those wrap us up
2: yeah you know i think um i'm like sitting here thinking about all the different you know i'm like oh yeah i like i i feel like in general i kind of we would all come to a similar conclusion as we kind of have i'll start with personally for me like crossbow i hope that i never am disabled i plan to never use one and yeah one thing that i think like when when my dad and i um really got into like shooting our bows. Like we, you know, I think it was like 12 and my dad started to get into bow hunting more cause we'd shoot together. It was kind of like father son bonding. And I was like one of the first years we, we had already hunted a season the year before. And we were getting our bows out the first time the next summer. And I remember going to shoot in the yard and we like draw the bows back up to this point in life. I hadn't shot, I hadn't hunted with a bow I was gun hunting. That's how I got into hunting in Illinois. You know, it's how everybody probably did in Illinois. But, um, we we were like pull the bows out you know draw them back and like we're hitting the target pretty well like on our first few shots before the muscles get tired we're like whoa like these things are like still really accurate and i think as bows have progressed especially in the compound bows they are extremely accurate and if you yeah. don't put as long as they're stored in like not too not too rough of, of, of like in a hard case or even a soft case somewhere that's not going to get banged up and like in the right you know not like in a super, super you know moisture rich environment or somewhere yeah. super dry where the strings are going to rot out, whatever. Right. Like you pull that thing out and next, you know, this summer, if you're still shooting right now, that thing's going to stay pretty dialed and out to 20, 25 yards, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be fairly accurate with that thing yeah. with, uh, you know, two, three nights a week of practice. I mean, it's some it's, so to me, it's like shooting a compound it feels almost like the comment we made is like, this feels like shooting a gun. Like yeah. you sight the gun in, you go back the next year to side it in if you shoot two shots and you have a or three and you've got a grouping this tight you're like oh still sighted it in it's like
1: mm-hmm.
2: kind of the same feeling with a bow um so for me especially like and i'm shooting a bow i bought new in like 2011 so it's like i've got the, and I've, i'm still killing deer with this thing you know mm-hmm. um the other thing is each state has a minimum draw weight so it's like usually around 40 45 pounds yeah you know so even if you're, if you're pulling a bow it you don't have to pull back 70 i mean like if you're you know 50 60 70 years old it's like we'll just bump your draw weight down yeah and and then i think a popular topic all the time is shot selection we'll just be choosy with your shots um the other day my dad and i were chatting about just a few bucks i've killed the last few years and my total yardage i added up the total yards between my last what would it be three four deer how many have i my last yeah, the total yardage between my last four 40, I think is 38 yards. If you add up each individual shot, yeah, it's like, so I'm getting in really my, close. so like, right. So this year it was like 17. And then I think I shot two this year. Then this past year, the other one was seven. And then the year before it was five and seven. So it's just like, you you know, if you get in tight to these animals, like that's what you want to do as an outdoorsman. You want to get in tight. You want to make a lethal shot. You want to make a really ethical shot. Um, and I could have shot the deer, those deer with a 40 pound draw weight or a 60 or 50 mm. or whatever. Right. So, um, so for me personally, I'm like, I'm kind of in the old man camp. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. And I, I actually, my fa- my, my wife's family's from Michigan and, and um, they're kind of my, my father-in-law, he's going to, if he hears this, he's going to kill me. Um, he's gotta <laughs> don't cross, do, dude, oh, don't burn that bridge, buddy. <laughs> uh no he's kind of a crossbow <laughs> fanatic and is one of his friends is and i remember he was telling me a story or his friend was that he shot this deer at like 120 120 yards Whoa. with a crossbow and it was like like fathoming that shot is crazy like i've never shot a dude that far with a gun like i've never even like yeah. to think that an arrow is going that distance i was wow i mean that that, that blew me away um i know they do to like tack like you know those events mm-hmm. where they're yeah. the compound people but they're just i mean that's fun yeah so for me i'm like that's kind tell, of insane. tell
0: our listeners what tack is caleb
2: total archery challenge so yep. i think they even have some is there one in michigan there's one in the midwestern state somewhere yeah, i, I think. think
0: there's one in wisconsin
2: wisconsin, yeah, wisconsin I, or michigan, in michigan. but they have them out west where they're, they're just archery shoots and mm-hmm. um they they're kind of like one of those item, like bucket list items, but I probably would never be proficient enough out past yeah, like sixty. I'm, I'm nowhere go. near good <laughs> enough to even. Is there like a sixty and in course for the Midwesterner? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Dude, I've, so, I've
1: done some of those three D shoots, and they're no joke from like oh man, fifteen to fifty yards. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I'm lucky right. if I come back with one arrow in my quiver. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to buy separate arrows for the defense.
0: <laughs> he's got these like uh, he's using sticks by the end of it. Yeah. seriously, man. There's
2: yeah, a whole a tree that. There. <laughs> Where'd Alex go? Oh, he's making some more of his own arrows. He's over making there. some more arrows over there. Yeah, so, oh, nice cute. pine tree down that <laughs> yeah. down that trail. <laughs>
0: so so Caleb, what's your uh, what's your yeah, so uh, if if you're the lawmaker? Bo-
2: right, right. So bottom line. And, and I've had some different conversations with different people on this and then through this one, I think at the very bottom line, a huge thing that comes down to it's crossbow is DNR or state management. And I think that because I think some things that go into that are um, like percentage of public versus private land. Um, I think that's one thing that, is, that weighs in a little bit on that because some of the general public maybe has more opportunity or less opportunity. Um, so like with a crossbow, in a state like Iowa where there's quite a bit of public land, a good amount where you know your opportunities are decent, um, as a resident if you don't have permission to private ground, I mean you could probably go shoot a 120 130 buck every fall if you put enough work in. Well, if a mm-hmm. crossbow law would come in where anybody can shoot them, I think that goes away. It's like to the points you made earlier. And, and so um, so I think DNR management is a huge huge thing on this and trusting that management is a big part of that because trusting like everything we're talking about if it's an, a restriction for how many does or shooting within the city limits. Like that's has to be a DNR management, which means we need the money to have employees to, or to people to go be able to do that. And so one mm-hmm. of the things I have is uh, that with, with that as the bottom line, I'd really like the idea of it. Um, of, I mean, it's the same thing you guys said: disability, regardless of age has to be severe enough and proofable. Um, I think in, in maybe either either its own crossbow season, maybe in between like a gun season or oh, yeah. during like yeah. a, a late muzzleloader, or like maybe it's a two week season between. Um, I don't know. I'd be fine with it being like you know the first the last weekend of November and something like that, where you have it's either its own season or in congruence with like a, a, a muzzleloader season, um, and then I think it would be really cool if. Um, in states especially where we want we want hunter numbers to go up for them to be allowed during youth seasons no matter mm-hmm. what so like yeah. there's a really that's great yeah, way for somebody song. to get into it is just put get an eight-year-old i would say up to age 15 even so it's like they can't drive out there on their own and go shoot you know like they, they can't they don't license or whatever but maybe some kids would find the loop of oh we own ground we live on it or something but like in the general like up to like age 15 something like that where you can't legally drive um or whatever like to go somewhere on your own to hunt um but yeah then i think you're going to increase hunter hopefully hunter numbers and maybe be able to pay for some of those other restrictions but otherwise i would agree with like all the other stuff of in the city and maybe some more does being harvested before you your buck tag is unlocked or something so but yeah. i hope i never have to use one maybe i better be missing a limb you know <laughs> yeah. missing a left arm and even then a even then Remy Warren proved uh, this past year that you don't have to even have an arm oh, mouth yeah. tab. Baby. Mouth yeah. tab. <laughs> that
1: dude's what, impressive. What the, I gotta give yeah, it to him. Gotta yeah. be
0: like the best hunter on the planet right now. But, right. but yeah, great great thoughts, guys. Uh, love hearing them, love putting them together. And a good reminder right here. Um, so I like what Caleb talked about with a state, you know, game agency uh having a lot of weight on that. Do remember, uh, state game agencies don't make the laws. They make recommendations, and it is your elected officials that make those laws. So if you don't want to see some of these changes coming in your state, or maybe you want to undo some crossbow legislation in your state, you need to be in the ear or in the email inbox of your uh elected officials and uh talking to them about how you personally think this issue is going to affect the resource that you care so much about so make sure you're reaching out to them and getting active in your own way like i said we plan to have some more conversations on this in the future we got to get brandon on here because brandon does use a crossbow and uh he's he's uh uh got in his own opinion i am sure and uh he's got some good reasoning behind it i've heard it before and so uh i'd like to i'd like to hear him weigh in on it and uh we've also had another guest on the podcast in the past that i'd like i'm going to try and see if we can get him on as well and uh caleb actually knows a uh, legislator from uh illinois who uh helped establish that bill there uh back in i think it was 2017 or something like that when that came became legal and so uh we're hope hoping to get him on uh, for a future Pick and Bones episode talking about crossbows as well. Let us know what your opinion is. Send us messages on Instagram, Go Wild, Facebook. Uh, talk to all of us. We all like hearing from you, or you can email us through uh, the First Gen Hunter website, firstgenhunter.com. Uh, also, please head over to eastwesthunts.com. Alex, the guy on the line tonight, uh he uh is swamped right now doing hunt plans for people there's new mm-hmm. information going up every day on his Instagram and Facebook pages about tag apps that are coming due and what you need to be doing to uh be in the game basically so make sure you head over to eastwesthunts.com and reach out to Alex there use the promo code firstgen10 when you decide to do business with him i can guarantee you after talking with him you'll be doing business with him there isn't a better guy in the business i know there's these new features coming out on uh on some different apps out there that help with this which is great but you're still going to want to have alex in your corner helping you determine the laws helping you uh to know more than just what draw odds are knowing how to actually apply for things when you should be buying points when you should be putting in all of that. So make sure you talk to Alex. And uh, again, use that promo code FIRSTGEN10. Save yourself some extra money. And uh, our presenting sponsor, just talked to good old Bill Thompson from Spartan Forge on Saturday. Uh, And there is not a harder working dude in the business. Uh, Just like Alex, Bill goes the extra mile to make sure his product is as good as it can be for each and every one of his customers and that should include you make sure you download the app by the way you can get the mapping side of it for free and then you can pay for some additional features like mapping out your access um the deer behavior prediction and there is now uh, western draw odds that are available through Spartan Forge as well. You can pair that up of course very nicely with Alex over at East to West Hunts again and uh, say hey Alex can you interpret what this means for me and what where when I should apply and all that. So use Spartan Forge and East to West Hunts together to really give yourself the best chance going into this fall. There are 2 longtime uh, supporters of this podcast and uh, just two excellent companies in the outdoor industry, so make sure you check them out. Well, until next time, reach out to us. Give us that five-star review if you haven't yet. We love getting those. It really helps the show, and uh, we try to do our very best for you each and every episode uh, here on the First Gen Hunter podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Until next time, take care and take someone hunting.